Hello, it's me, your dungeon master and host, No Perito. And I'm just popping in to say thank you for listening to our 50th episode. We are overjoyed to have been able to share this story with you all and incredibly grateful for all the support you've given. Whether it's artwork, conversations we've had, or your subscription to the Patreon, you make it all worth it. Here's to 50 more episodes. I promise it only gets more wild from here on out. Now, without further ado, back to the show. Welcome back to Try Not to Die. I'm your DM, your deviant matron, Noah Perito, and I'm here with our lone hero. Lisa Condemi, a.k.a. Gorgonzola, a.k.a. Brie Cammon, barely alive. <laughs> you said it was cheesy, and you gave us a double dose of dairy, my friend. I love it. I love it. I have no hit points. We are strong <laughs> energy into this arc and weak body into this arc. And um, we miss you, Ashley. And we miss you desperately, Ashley, um, who will eventually join us again in this story. If our hero can try not to die, that is. Imagine I die and you do the rest of it just, <laughs> just like, with Ashley. I guess it's just me and Ash, right? Like, I really miss... Um, Getting to work on trying not to die. Wow. I'm like, okay, so we just have to keep playing Ash until you get like reincarnation as a spell, and then we can try <laughs> and bring Zola back. But until then, we're shut out of the luck. Um, well, you know, I I can't delay any longer. I'm too excited. Can I. Let us recap. We've delayed enough. We have delayed enough delays. Let's recap. Last time, we found our heroes divided. Brigid and Smite far south of the capital city of Aurelia on a small island in the Lago de Basso, the one Brigid had started her journey from. No time to waste, Brigid turned her attention to finding the strange elderly woman who had snuck through the portal they used, discovering her near the edge of the island they stood on. After trying to thorn whip her closer, the woman was revealed to be none other than Archmage Flay Chantress, who infiltrated their escape to gather information on who they were and where they were going. The mage flexed her power, both arcane and political for Brigid and those gathered, her pink gems seemingly enchanting all non-fey around her, including Smite. Though she tried to impose her will upon Brigid, the Keeper held strong, insisting the jungle was not hers to give. When Flay threatened to take it with iron and lightning, she was stopped by High Priestess Cardamon Wildspice, who sent the Archmage packing, refusing to negotiate. Once she left, Brigid broke down to her mother, explaining the situation and her drastic need to return so she could help Zola. Unfortunately, her mother was not prepared for such a journey, and the people Brigid had brought were in desperate need of medical attention, so they were forced to stay, instead sending a message to Marfin telling him to help Zola before leaving for Elder Green Haven to heal up and warn the people of the jungles. Back in the Underdark, Zola was brought to the brink by black tentacles and a choking cloud around her, trapped beside the draconic form of NP with no obvious means of escape. Thinking quickly, she used her Misty Step to teleport up out of the danger, relying on the remnant pixie dust magic to catch her before she could plummet back down. It was a successful gambit, one that allowed Zola a moment to tell NP they needed to leave and to give her directions to the closest exit but one that was countered by the volley of spells the drow mages were able to get off before being killed. While unconscious, Zola found herself once again in the temple of her dreams from a week or so back, wandering the timeless halls, calling out to Mistra, the fallen god of magic. 
While walking, she noticed the statue that was once in the fountain there had disappeared, but other than that, it seemed the same, empty. Feeling the weight of the shard in her pocket, Zola wandered, not wanting to turn to freeing Limburger, begging for another option. But there was no answer. And even though it seemed like she should choose the risky option, she instead chose to wait. This leap of faith led her to hearing a voice say, hello, before she awoke under NP, the dragon protecting her amongst the crystals from the invading hordes of the Omnimalum. Waiting paid off when Marfin finally arrived, teleporting Zola and NP away before the forces could recover. Back in the jungles, Brigitte and the crowd of refugees followed High Priestess Cardamon Wildspice to Eldergreen Haven, an ancient temple where many of the people of the forest gather and live. Brigid's father, Blue, an orcish man, greeted them all, and after explaining what was happening to him and the gathering forest folk, the group was taken by a furbolg druid named Magnolia to the healing wing of the building. Though the air was tense, the fact that they survived gave hope to a future free of the dangers of the Empire. And that's where we are right now. Except we're not there. We're back in the capital. Uh, Zola, you feel your stomach leap into your throat as the colors blend and then begin to settle. You sort of land into reality and immediately hear the sound of wood crashing and glass cracking uh, as NP's massive draconic form just suddenly thrusts nearby objects away from you, um, sending them crashing into each other. You are no longer in the socket. You are in the lovely abode of Marfin. Furniture broken and scattered nearby, the most of it remains intact. The beautiful back room styled with gold and red, Roman slash classical aesthetics of the capital, warm light from the crackling fire that is ever burning in the fireplace. NP groans, blood spilling from the multiple wounds she sustained on the stone floors. You are technically at zero HP. You're kind of dipping in and out of consciousness. Uh, but you see Marfin stands unscathed, grimacing at the mess. He looks to NP, who is now lying on her side, breathing heavily, her dragon form taking up a large part of this chamber, then back to you, sprawled on the other side of him. <sighs> he whistles and you suddenly see a number of these dark blue quicklings dressed as almost like little nurses um like these like like pale green scrubs they just like zip over like how a patient would be um croaking water i'm croaking (laughs) oat milk Oh god, she's really lost it. Medi, Gorgonzola and her Drake friend are in need of medical attention. Uh, spare no expense. Uh, the quickling zips off and they come back with a bunch of different like bandages, potions, some looks like a, a kind of glass jar filled with this white ointment and they get to work quickly dressing both of your wounds going so fast that you both pretty much only have a few like moments to like wince occasionally as they like tighten a bandage or like sew something up really quickly um and in moments they zip away and one zips up to both of you with like a lollipop in hand they're both like those rainbow swirl classic big lollipops Mm -hmm. you want one okay here you go thank you marfin have i ever told you just how great your interior decorating is. I mean, not a crystal or slime anywhere. Yes, um, that was never a a fixture of this location, but I'm glad that you're noticing right now. I love the absence of slime. Yes, it is slime. Slimeless is definitely a characteristic I like to have in my homes. Is there, Um, would you like a different appearance? Is there anything else you'd prefer, or is this fine? This is great. Okay. NP, are you okay? You see that she just like like her eyes like flicker and she like looks at the two of you. 
Marfin looks at her and nods. You're welcome to stay in your current form, but Gorgonzolas here said that you had another slightly smaller form, a little bit more manageable or more comfortable here in this space, if you would choose to do that. Um, you see, like, NP looks at him kind of quizzically and then looks to you. He's he's good. This is Marfin. He came to save us. She nods. I think and... Brigid probably called you, yeah? Uh, yes, I received a call from your friend, and she told me to get down there post-haste, and a little bit of guesswork, I'll be honest, but I managed, I think, to arrive just in time. You did excellently. Oh, thank you. Um, As you guys talk, you watch as um, NP begins to glow gold, and her form shrinks slowly but surely into her normal humanoid form, the golden hair spilling onto her shoulders, bright eyes, and kind of warm... Um, though still like scuffed and scarred skin. All right. So after Brigid gave me a call, uh, I realized that things were actually a little bit more drastic than I first expected when I gave you guys a, a little scry peek in down there. Um, so I was wondering if you could, well, you know, I, I'm being uncivilized. Would you like a drink? You said oat milk. <clears throat> Do you actually want that? No. Okay. Would you like something like water or alcohol? Or like or? a healing potion or... Yeah, sure. Um, they <laughs> He snaps his fingers and zip, another that one of those nurses really comes over um, and hands you just like a standard healing potion. Um, you get back... I love the taste of healing potion after you die. <laughs> it tastes like a sweet, sweet Powerade. Sponsored by Powerade. Um, I'm chasing it with the lollipop. Um, you get eight hit points back. It's okay. not a lot, but That's you okay. also, I'll say this, like, I'm not dead anymore. your wounds are also closed for sure. Like, That's you're true. you're not, you're no longer seriously injured thanks to the quicklings and their quick work. Um, so... Here's a water also. He <laughs> snaps his fingers Thank and a, a glass a floats gentleman. and fills it and comes over to you. And then he raises a hand and a glass of this, what looks like sherry perhaps, kind of floats into his hand. Would you like anything? And he looks to NP who just, again, looks to you. and just, I just hand her my water. <laughs> she takes the water and <laughs> like, immediately like scarves it down. Whoa, you slower, slower. Especially if you haven't drank in a while. You can get sick. All right, um, let's take a seat. He waves his hand, and you watch as the furniture that was, like, sh- like shattered and thrown throughout the room picks itself up, animating objects, and begins to, like, walk itself into place, sitting around the fire. Gorgonzola suddenly, cognizant of the fact that she's maybe a teen in trouble, uh, I'll stand. I think you should take a seat. We have a lot to talk about. It shouldn't. It should just be a second, probably. If you think that what we're going to discuss takes a second, then clearly you have an injured head, and we need to spend more time. I sit on a chair that's moving, and (laughs) it scooches me up to him. (laughs) Uh, Slides up to him. Uh, NP like nervously takes a seat as well. Last time you filled me in, I could tell you were a bit nervous about being fully forthright with me, which good, understandable. Always question authority, and always be you know wary of those who are prying into your information but Gorgasol finishes old people oh right, right. yes okay. sure old people for sure a lot of old people uh, adults am I right anyways uh, <laughs> I'm just think that at this point I may have earned that trust you know given all I've done and the fact that I saved you just moments ago um, I would love if you could 
Tell me what's going on. For example, who is your friend, this giant gold dragon you brought in? Would you rather I started there or at the beginning? Hmm. That, hmm. The fact that you're open to starting at the beginning is, is a good sign. You know what? I'm actually being rude. My name is Marfin. What's your name? And you see NP kind of nervously looks to him as he extends out his hand. I'm, I'm not a pet. I'm, I'm NP. And she doesn't take his hand, but he nods, understanding, retracting his own. It is truly an honor to have one of your kind here, and um, if you need anything, please do not hesitate to ask. Now, starting at the beginning, why don't you tell me everything? And don't skimp on the details. At this point, for the safety of everyone, it is necessary. Right. Well, before I launch into anything, I just want to say that I'm sorry for not telling you everything. Like you said, I have a problem trusting authority figures, mm. as they often are corrupt and trying to kill me. Yeah. Anyway. I can validate that, for sure. I do all 49 episodes of Try Not <laughs> to Die for Marvin. Mm, mm. He I start from the beginning. <laughs> I tell him about meeting Scram. I tell him about the shot. I tell him about the Omni Malum. I tell him about everything, that I am the Stregorede, that mm. my mother is mozzarella. I tell him how I met Brigid and Smite and my dreams about Mistra and Limburger. Mm. Um, how the crown, I tell NP also that this crown belongs to, is is a family heirloom and that it belongs to her and, and say to Marfin, if NP wants this, this is her right. Mm. Um, yeah, everything. Everything. <laughs> it he, takes a really long it time. Takes, it takes, how long is our podcast? Like several days? It takes several <laughs> days now. Um, you go through the story so far. Marfin sits through it all, nodding occasionally chiming in about how this sounds like it would be really great audio drama if you ever decided to like release it it's comedic it's dramatic, dramatic. it's queer it it's makes got you everything. think about the universe big questions small questions chaos control yeah there's a lot, a great lot characters to it. you one of them <laughs> you honor me uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so you retell everything you talk about scram the fact that he's a wild magic sorcerer and the shard and everything um you talk about all your dreams Unfazed, he watches you closely as you talk about your journey to the capital, the dreams, and everything in between. He nods as you inform him of all that you learned when you were in the socket, the fact that the war was completely a farce, the mm -hmm. fact that um, their leader is this strange aberration, this fear with multiple eye stalks. Do you pass over any of the documents you may have acquired or anything? I'm realizing now that I I for I should have had my to-do list open. I think that Gorgonzola would have thought to call Brigid and Smite before all of this. Yeah, if you want. Um, what would you like to say to Brigid and Smite? All right, I'm halfway through <laughs> halfway telling through. them everything, and I go, oh, shit, I should fucking call my friends. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, do you need to borrow a stone? I, sure, one sec. <laughs> <laughs> um, you give him a call. What would you like to say? I call Smite. Um, I say, safe with Marfin and NP. Where are you, Brigid, and the others? Holy shit, it's good to hear from you. I thought you were going to be dead. I'm in a tree temple? Brigid's okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Which tree temple? 
The one in our city? That one? The one with the big tree where Moss lives? Hmm. No. Not that one. Zola, we're in the jungles. We went south. I've never been out of the city and I'm kind of freaking out. Freaking's busy right now. Otherwise, I'd be talking to her about it. Oh, yeah. Flay was here also. These messages, by the way, are like overlapping in your head because occasionally he'll like run over the word limit and it'll send again. Big news. <laughs> uh, get her if you can, I guess. Sounds like a fun trip. I'll tell Barley you'll be home in a few days. Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> As we're about like wrapping up our phone call, I'm like, Wait, does that mean you met Brigitte's parents? <laughs> oh, yeah, I met them. It was really, really cool. One of them's an orc. Also, one of them's a satyr. I'm not really sure how that works. Oh, someone's coming with more bandages. Call okay. back soon. Tell Brigitte I said, hey, ask Moss about Mistra. Will do. Anyway, sorry, had to call my friend. Real <laughs> That's quick. fine. I, I'm, you know, I mean, there was a lot going on in the They're moment. alive. Uh, I'm alive. Oh, and so those people um, who I was telling you about in right. the socket are in the Veridontis. And so um, is Archmage Dean Flay Chantress. Mm. So, Troubling. you know her? I'm familiar. Yes. All right. Um, uh, here's some documents if you want to check this out. Um, this is a proposal for Dean Flay Chantress, and this is a journal that is in another language. If you wanted to cast comprehend languages on that, I don't have any spell slots, nor do I know the spell. Okay, well, first and foremost... Here's some uh, other receipts, too. Yes, too, okay, okay. This is the pressing stuff. <laughs> do you know what this pile. horn is? All right, one thing at a time. <laughs> um, he goes through and begins to kind of, like, piece through the various parchments, kind of un- nodding, and he, he seem, his eyes seem to, like, glow and, like, flicker fast as if they're, like, rapidly reading whatever you put in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's scanning and nodding. He... Waves a hand over the horn and looks to you. This is a horn of silent alarm. I'm not sure if you have a use for this, but it basically can uh, warn people if you're in danger. He then turns his attention to the journal that you've given him, and he does cast Comprehend Languages over it, his eyes glowing a sort of gold-white. This is written in Gnomish. Um, I can get you a full translation of it pretty soon, but it looks like it's some sort of a... Journal for a Suladed Diddlepiss, who, mm-hmm. as I know, is a tinkerer in Gigglevale. Uh, and as you told me, he is now dead. Yes, that's his journal. I got that at the scene of the crime. Excellent. It seems like you've been up to quite a bit since we last spoke. I mean, you had to laugh at the big lunch bit. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> You gotta, you gotta admit. I can't that help. Part was funny. I, I, I did laugh for a solid full minute when you told me I, that. I told him all the bits too. Like I didn't skip the bits. At times you kind of like pass by some significant information. He has to pull you back to it because you're too busy focusing on your like. And there was this guy named Gulp Shitto, and we shoved him in a closet. <laughs> we tied him up, left him there. Um, hope he doesn't lose his job. Hilarious. <laughs> Um, you recap all of this. Let's get a look at the big picture. He snaps his fingers and papers all around the room. Some like tucked into books, others pile on his desk. Ones you've showed him just shoot up into the air and like swirl around you for a moment before settling into a sort of cylinder of information. 
You're kind of reminding me of Smite right now. Oh, uh, does he does he have an organized system such as this? Does he know how to? Yeah. 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 I believe you. So, <laughs> um, he stands and he begins to like walk around, talking about various ones and gesturing to others. <sighs> believe it or not, I don't find it shocking that the War of the Mar and Mara was born from misinformation. You got that vibe. Yeah, it, it's honestly been the Aurelian Empire's main method of rule, so it tracks that it was born from such a shameful means. Mm-hmm. I haven't had my shop here long, but it was clear when I arrived that the Emperor was a dumbass and the Empire was hastily formed, cobbled together through various means, likely a fusion of agreed-upon benefits, a little bit of blackmail, and for those who live in peril, a deal made out of necessity. The war being a lie doesn't change a lot of that, to be honest. It justifies, and I use that term lightly here, the Emperor's existence and the expulsion of the First Might, but I'm, I'm not sure what would change if you exposed this secret to the world. I think that, well, first and foremost, there might be some who are angry and upset enough to riot, but as we well know, the forces of this Empire are vast and brutal. We'd be crushed. We'd definitely be crushed, and... I'll also say that there has been quite a bit of propaganda that has been, you know, fueling this nation for over 25 years. Since its origin, since essentially leading up to its origin, there has been misleading pieces given out to the public, stories told. So you would be hard-pressed to convince a large group of people that it's worth fighting against this empire that has provided them with a degree of stability. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that leadership is also unlikely to waver. I know that Balderheim still needs to fight the Dragon King's hordes. Meadowmead relies heavily on Imperial trade lines and connections to get its goods to who wants and needs them. I'm not sure exactly what Giggleveil, Padawick, Tamamello, and Risenwell get out of it, but clearly whatever ties them in has got them bound to the system pretty tight. They're at least getting some kind of, like, funding on Giggleveil's part. Yes, for sure, definitely. I, I know that they are in need of material, and I know that the Meramite Mountains are rich in terms of gold and other types of mm-hmm. precious metals. <sighs> and he flicks his wrist. You see some of the documents, like, move away. Um, some of them move forward that are, like, Aurelian and Omnimalum-based. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just to just to sort out things as they are. Mm-hmm. The, the Orc army is... The Orc, I see how that would be so confusing. It's a little misleading. Yes, I think they really... Terrible name. It could have been even, like... Um like a piece of propaganda like they're trying to make you think that there's an orc army wow that would... they're trying to lay down they're really confusing their own citizens yeah. <laughs> they're really trying to lay down some Gorgonzola's serious doubt conspiracy corner <laughs> sounds familiar um the the reality is is that we know that the orc army is going to be heading north as well as cutting around the city in a sort of grand parade to mm-hmm. head south They'll probably scale the Meramite Mountains, walk the Isthmus to the jungle of the Veridontis. Um, They don't have the crown, which we obviously have, and we know who it should belong to. However, I don't really take much comfort in that. Based on what you've told me and what Mm -hmm. happened in the necropolis, I think that just the existence of these soldiers implies grave danger. I mean, if they can control them with simple commands... That will be enough for them to do quite a bit of damage. And if they finally can establish an actual domination over their minds, they'll be unstoppable. So I'm thinking that 
Uh, and he looks to NP with a sad smile. This actually transitions well to kind of talking about NP. I think that working out the crown will work us into the shard and the dreams mm-hmm. that you've been having. Mm-hmm. It is a great honor to have you in my home. Few have met or seen a gold dragon, and to think there is one with me now fills my old heart with quite a bit of joy. I'm sorry to say that you are, as far as I know, the last of your kind. Uh, and you see NP is kind of, this whole time has been just overwhelmed, like, watching the two of you. But mm-hmm. finally, now that Marfin is, like, settled on her and is, like, speaking directly to her about her people, in a way, mm-hmm. you see that slowly but surely, like, shock is fading and a sort of sadness is settling in. Marfin, do you have a window you can open in here? Um, yes, I I can certainly conjure one. He snaps his fingers and you see one <laughs> slides open. And it looks like you're looking out onto a, a pleasant, uh, pleasant uh, field. The temperature does drop a little bit as the wind kind of flows in and you see NP looks out to it a little bit shocked and the sadness momentarily paused by a brief look of joy kind of has never seen something so mystical and mm-hmm. whimsical. And she turns back to Marfin and that sadness sort of returns. <sighs> Before you, I knew of one other. A very powerful caster named Alethea. She was the ruler of the Draconic Order long, long ago. And this crown that Zola and I keep referring to was hers, crafted to allow her to focus her magic. Marfin looks at her and... You see, give me an insight check, actually. It's been a while. Let's roll some dice. Let's roll. (laughs) Why not? I'm super good at insight, so. Four. Four. It doesn't take a lot to show that the, he's looking at NP with, definitely with interest. Like, he shifted from a more like, I'm so sorry for your loss, to a kind of like, what's your deal kind of look. But you're not really sure to what degree he's thinking or like what it might be actually focusing on. Alethea and other known gold dragons fell during the first dragon wars, and those were fought during the Maldiction, which was 2,000 or so years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a bit surprising to see someone like you, NP, here, alive. At this time, and also at your age, you look very young. NP... Was there any way for you to sense time passing? Maybe like the recharging of the runes or like the growing of the plants? Do you know maybe how long you were there? Um, I... It's okay if not. A long, a long time. I was a little kid when I came. They brought me in, showed me to her... And you know that she refers to Paragon. Mm -hmm. And then I was put in the room. I was really little. I don't really remember anything before that. And it's kind of hard to remember any of that time. And you can, even without an insight check, you can tell that it's it's less of a hard-to-remember-in-a-the-memory-isn't-there way, more of a hard-to-remember-in-a so painful I do not want to look at that yeah. right now kind of way that's okay 
Um, a long time. He, Marfin nods. I don't... It's not polite to guess someone's age, so I won't make any assumptions, but you do look rather young, which is surprising, given that if you were to be born, you... Well, I suppose an egg could lie dormant until conditions were right, but... Yeah, maybe they had it under some kind of stasis. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, as I have seen, things can be frozen and unfrozen. Yes, as you've talked about with the dreams. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch upon that, but first, uh, you see he snaps his fingers and he conjures the crown. A beautiful, albeit simple, gold circlet with an open slot in the front, which you had correctly assumed would be good for a gem. NP's eyes, once anxious and sad, are now transfixed on this object, a subtle obsession growing within them. Marfin gestures to the front of it. This spot right here was where she probably kept the crown jewel of your kind, a garnet known as the Evoker Stone. I don't know much about it. In fact, a lot of information both from that time and regarding dragons and the magic that they were able to master is gone. It's either lost in time or (sighs) hidden in the annals of some secret library or something. I don't know. Um, But whether or not Alethea is your mother, NP, which would be pretty heavy to find out right now, so sorry about dropping that, um, this crown is certainly yours. I, I do not feel right to carry on to it, and I'm sure that Zola might say the same. Yeah, but NP, I don't want to assume that you want to have any active part in this. It's yours if you want it. I don't want to bring any danger to you, and I'm scared that if you go off on your own if you wanted to part ways with me which you can or not if you want to come with me but if you go alone I'm scared that someone else is going to come for that crown I don't ever want you to be unsafe I don't want to be unsafe I don't want people to be unsafe around me though um Marfin looks down at the crown and smiles a little bit I certainly don't want to bestow this upon either of you if you feel like it will bring attention to you. And, of course, it was safer in a pocket dimension than it is being out in the open, but they don't necessarily know where it is, so they can't scry on it or Mm -hmm. know, because they can only scry on either a person or a location, and since they don't know who's got it, so... But, it is up to you, NP. If you would like, you are free to leave and go your go your way and do what you'd like to do with your life. You're welcome to join Zola on her travels. Um, you're welcome to, if you feel uncomfortable with taking on such an artifact, you're also welcome to stay here with me. I'm trying to get into using magic to heal people and help people in a way that allows them to go on to feel more stable and live happier lives and if you feel like you need a bit of time before you take on such a mantle or set off once again I am certainly here I have a small cabin you could probably stay at actually that reminds me of something me too the other thing that we were talking about Uh, well, well 
NP, take a little take a little think for a moment. NP, why don't you just hold on to the crown for a second, see how you feel, see if it gives you any good feelings, bad feelings, normal feelings. Marfin, All the feelings are okay. <laughs> Marfin gestures out with the crown to her, and she pauses for a moment, her eyes still kind of transfixed on it before she slowly takes it. Uh, she doesn't put it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, But you can see, like, the moment she's got it in her hands, the world fades around her. She's just, like, lost in it. Almost as if she's, like... Y- you can't see if someone's having a vision, but it's as if she's definitely transported somewhere in her own mind. All right, that'll probably keep her busy for a moment. At least a couple minutes. At least. All right. So, okay. How's Trek doing? Hmm. So they're not staying at the cabin anymore. Okay. Um... I may have, you know, you were very honest with me, so it's time for me to be honest with you. I may okay. have misled you slightly on how things might have went. I said I kind of took care of it, so that she was handled, or okay. something along those lines. I don't quite remember. Um, You're stalling. Yes. I usually stall. I am. I'm doing the thing you do, which is stalling. I'm trying not to, You're but the, I am. You should really be the adult in this situation. Yes. It's honestly because, uh, well, okay, fine, I'll just say it. A day ago, I planned to visit with them to see how they were feeling and to see if they needed anything. Uh, I'm still working on the kind of magic that would be useful in this, I'm calling it therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) I canonically invented therapy. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, amazing of you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I'm trying to kind of fuse calm emotions and modify memory, a way to like access the mind without fully, you know, damaging it or bringing up anything too painful right so this wasn't going to be a full real session so to speak just a check-in um Mm -hmm. they still hadn't eaten or drank anything since they came back so i figured i'd bring them a little something to give us maybe a solid base to work off of Mm -hmm. um went through the wall tour door and to my cottage but when i arrived they were gone i was looking for them when i noticed movement back on the path they had snuck past me somehow and managed to enter through the door before uh. I could stop them. Um, I was able to follow before they shut me out. Thank goodness I would hate to burn a spell trying to fly all the way back home not to find them. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yes, um, but they escaped. Nearly killed three of my best employees on their way out. They took a f- some weaponry, they took some potions, and... Okay. Most frustratingly, they took one of the amulets of proof against detection and location, so I am not able to scry on them. Ah. Yes. So the only thing, the only thing they left was this, and he produces the red feather that you had left next to Trick's chair. Okay, so this definitely triggered something. Uh, Trick is in a very delicate state, and I'm not really sure if they're ever going to be the same, but they're certainly out in the world trying to do something with it. I'm just a teen. I know. I don't know what to do. I know. I can't find him. I know. I I don't know where she would even want to go. I I know. Listen, I understand that you are so young. It's not fair that this was thrust upon you. But I hate to say this as well, but it wasn't fair for Trick to die. And we've given them a second chance, and it's our responsibility to do something with that. I'm more than happy to share that responsibility with you. I know that you 
are one very new to this world in comparison to myself and probably even to trick but part of becoming an adult is taking responsibility for the kind of things we've done in the world and i know yes i'm i'm trying i'm i'll find them i or they'll find me actually probably i kind of think that that might be the case they only seem to respond when you were there. Every other time I've been able to kind of check in, they were pretty out of it. So I wouldn't doubt that you'll see them again. And if you do, call me. I'll come and I'll get them. Okay. I will. Thanks, Marfin. I'm sorry that this has been thrust upon you, but I, I know that you can handle it. I know that based on based on the incredible 49 chapters you just told me, of an incredible story. I have faith ba, that you... Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> I have faith that you will rise to the occasion. Hopefully. Hey, do you have some fancy stationery I could borrow? Yes, of course. Why? I just have to write a letter. Yes, of, right now? Or do you... For later, or...? Oh, yeah, just for later. Okay, here. Um, he... he Thanks. snaps and a quickling zips over with like a small like uh, probably 10 or so pages of very fine parchment hands it over to you gorgonzola just writes a writes a little letter and tucks it away from later thanks i just wanted something that had like fancy letterhead yeah i don't have any stationery yeah I, and good paper is important for the kind of work that we do as wizards so definitely anytime you need some feel free to come by thank you all right so we've went through your story it was fascinating we've talked to your friend about the crown mm-hmm. um and you guys look to mp who is still just like staring at it can <laughs> i bro- go over to her yeah you definitely can uh, she uh, even as you approach though she does not flinch she's just fully just looking right. at the crown i lightly put a uh actually i lean in and go hey np <sighs> she stirs a little bit but you know it doesn't flinch too too fully yeah you good i this I've never felt like anything's belonged to me. This actually feels like it's mine. It's yours. You'll have other stuff too. I'm This will probably be the last time that you only have a crown to your name cuz we're going to we're going to get you set up, okay? Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should leave or, or stay or, um, I'm just scared. And I don't really know what would happen if I, if I wore it. I I don't want to hurt people, you know? And I'm prone to hurting people. Well, I'm... I have some input if you're open to hearing it. She nods. It's up to you what you do, but you maybe shouldn't be alone. I I always get into trouble when I'm alone. It's sometimes good to have a friend with you who can tell you if you're doing the right thing or doing the wrong thing or um, who can... You know, be scared with you if you're scared or be brave with you when you have to be brave. So you probably have a little bit of time to think about it. But I'd love to have you with me 
or if you don't you can you know stay here with mark and he's really nice he would never let you hurt anyone i'm sure of it she looks to marfin and marfin nods encouragingly and then she looks back to you i'll 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 think about it okay you could stick with me for now though i'm not leaving right away okay cool um i'll for now okay for now um and you see she kind of settles back into her seat and goes back to looking at the crown okay just kind of now she now that she's kind of been pulled out of that initial trance she's definitely still you can feel the weight of her like emotion right now Mm -hmm. but she definitely is finding some sort of comfort in holding the crown marfin looks to you I think it's time that we talk about the final piece of this story. The, let's say, higher piece. Hmm, that sounds wrong. It sounds like we're talking about some sort of drug. I mean, the elevated... A link? (laughs) No, no. I'm I'm in my experimental phase. Oh, goodness. I... Experimenting's good, so I can't... There's nothing I could say to deter that. All right, let's talk about the shard. And let's talk about your dreams. Shall we? Do you mind if I see it? Sure, but be careful. It's acting fucky. That, based on everything you told me, sounds on brand for it. Even fuckier than usual. Okay. Um, As you reveal the shard, removing it from your pocket, you see that it has remained in this strange ball-like form. It's many pieces slightly shifting, though not in the usual chaotic, jagged way. Give me an insight or even a medicine check. Mm -hmm. Whatever's better. I will give a medicine check. Uh, All those times on the farm where you've inspected animals. Yeah, I I don't know how, but I have proficiency in this. I guess I must have chosen it because I... We talked about you handling the cows and birthing cows and stuff. Birthing cows, yeah, so I have plus four to this, wildly. Never used it once in fucking know, 50 episodes of If you have, Fuck you me. certainly did not roll well enough for us to remember it. 13. <laughs> that dice went on a journey. <laughs> spinning yeah, out. trying. Holding it in your hand, you realize that it shifts with you. You become acutely aware of your own breathing and find that the shard shifts as you breathe in and out. Its color has also changed a bit. It is no longer sickly looking. It looks almost like, with a 13 medicine check, maybe your brain puts together almost like it was a fever and it has finally Mm -hmm. broken in a way. It has changed, kind of now fluctuating between the beautiful array of colors and then occasionally a flicker of that like pale green. Though it's not as, it's not like it's, sickly anymore. It's not glowing like that anymore. It's back to this kind of calmer state. Um, It's a ball now. hmm. It keeps changing colors. It was much greener. You said that this contained Limburger, the gravedigger. Contains. Contains. Well, I guess that's a good thing, huh? Yeah. It's got a gem (sighs) that's got Limburger inside it. My friend Scram's in there, too. I... Hmm... I did not get to interact with Limburger when he was on this plane. But from what I've heard, if, if the Empire as a whole is the most dangerous force, then he was the most powerful and dangerous single force. A, one individual capable of dealing a 
whopping amount of carnage upon this realm. Yeah, he's a certified creep. Seven days a week. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing in a teenage girl's pocket? It's very creepy. It's weird. Do, do you mind if I do you mind if I hold it? Sure. He takes it from you and he looks in his hands and give me an insight check. Five. Five. Once the shard is, like, out in the open, Marfin's eyes are immediately filled with wonder, more so than you've ever seen before. Nuggets of gold so awestruck, absorbing every little detail, and it looks as almost like they're wreathed in fire. They're so intensely looking at this object. I forget if I had, uh, if we had talked about it before, but, um, do you, you, have you heard of this Lord Tinderdeck? Yes, I have heard of Lord Tinderdick. Ah. Though if we have talked about it, I either forgot or didn't mention it. Um, he is a mage, not unlike myself, though we do not get along. Um, he resides not far from Aylston and in the western province. Um, he came into this, you said. You said that your friend Scram took it from him. Yeah, I wanted to ask, do you think he could make something like this, or did he find it? Is he smart enough? Can you make something like this? I don't know. He begins to cast something, something that you recognize as almost like a variation of the Identify spell. Um, there's a flash, but the spell fizzles. And you watch as his face kind of shifts from that, like, intense interest to almost a confused sadness. Almost like the face of someone who's trying to remember something. Um, and he looks out towards that window, just kind of looking out into the vastness beyond it. I don't know of anyone who can create something like this. I don't think that... I don't think that Lord Tinderdick made this. I think that he found it or it came into his possession by means of, you know, maybe perhaps he had someone out in the field go get it for him. But however he got it, it is good that he does not have it, for sure. I think it's old. I don't know. I, I've... Corellin said that there was something... Corellin? The god of the elves? You I forgot really that Brigid spoke with him. <laughs> Good lord, so much happened in this podcast. He said that he said that the last time he had seen something like the shard, the malediction happened. But it's a little unclear on if he meant the last time he saw the shard, the malediction happened, the shard, or? or if it was just like another powerful magical item. I'm not sure. I have been alive for a long time. A very long time. So long, in fact, I myself don't remember how long. So long that I don't even realize when gaps in my mind have occurred. And right now I'm getting the strangest sense of that, what's that elvish phrase? Uh, deja vu. Um, it, it feels like this is, as, as you honestly said with Corell, like this has happened before, but I'm not able to remember it. When I when I tried to identify it, I just got static, which is not how it works. If, let's say, you identify something that's not magical, it'll just be like, you've identified a rock, you know? So I don't really... When was the last time, or have you ever met Lord Tinderdick? Like, did you guys have any kind of professional working mage relationship? 
in the sense that all mages do have some sort of relationship, You've yes. what, exchanged, like, theoretical letters, or, like, you met in person? We've gone into a few spats. I believe that he... We both have a deep interest, and at least on my side, a deep love of magic. But I think that he seeks it and uses it for purposes that are unsavory, I would say. I, I think that he... For one thing, he's very secretive. I, I have only met him on a few occasions, and they've be basically been at us arriving at an artifact that we both wanted to recover and mm. having a few disagreements about it. But... Do you think it's possible that you were maybe trying to get this artifact and he tampered with your memory? Fuck, I hope not. I mean, uh, uh, the fact that I don't remember something means that it's possible. But this, I'll say this, it, it feels, it feels like, it feels like it was longer ago. It feels... Could I do I something know. kind of, um, kind of, um, invasive on you? A strange way of framing it, but... Could I cast a spell magic on you? Yes, I suppose that would be fine. Let me, hold on, he takes off a few I rings and stuff. Whip my sword out from behind my back whoa, and whoa, whoa. slam it into the wall behind his head. A blast! Covering him magic. in the blue light. <laughs> the magic explodes outward. Uh, give me, give me a, a, a check with using your intelligence modifier. Okay. Could I argue that this would be a medicine check as well? That I'm trying to dispel on his mind? As much as that is a very good <laughs> method of arguing, because it is, it, it's the dispel magic specific effect. Like okay. the, you know, the, you're doing the intelligence uh, check to see if you can pass the spell, which is higher than third level. Okay. It seems. No worries. Eighteen. Eighteen. The wave of dispelling energy unravels the weave around, and you. And you watch as it washes over him, and he just, you know, he winces his eyes a little bit because he didn't know if you were going to try and cut his head off or something <laughs> like that. Um, but when it fades, he squints, focuses, nothing. Uh, it was okay. worth a try. Probably I'm only sorry like a that. level three or something. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what few have ever bested me. I hate to sound so cocky, but it's true. I, I've... I don't remember getting into an encounter with a mage and losing, but it's also possible that I don't remember because of, say, a use of modify memory, which I myself know. So, I don't know. Uh, well. Interesting. Right. I look suspiciously at him. <laughs> he puts his head in his hands for a moment, like, rubs his eyes. It's clearly. like when your dad's having memory problems, and <laughs> you're, you're like, like, okay, write a note. <laughs> Start taking writing things down instead of just assuming they're going to be there. I, I put a post-it note on like one of his statue's heads that just says shard. <laughs> That'll be helpful So you later. don't forget, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm worried when I leave, you'll forget this wow. conversation. Okay. You're already having trouble with all 49 chapters. I understand. Okay. <laughs> he, accepts the, <laughs> he accepts the valid burns. The rising. <laughs> so, Okay. I don't have any information on it. I don't know what it is. I, uh, Based on what you've told me, it's clearly a magical object that can produce a variety of effects, though I'm not really sure what its origin is or what it is besides, as you've said, a wild shard. Mm -hmm. The fact that it contains Limburger and your friend is 
concerning. Uh, and as he says that, you see NP, like, looks up from her crown. I heard him. Who? Bef- before, before we left, before the surge or whatever that was, I, I heard him inside. Limburger? He had a scary voice. Mm-hmm. Total creep. Total creep. It sounded like... You know, when we were when we were down there saving the people, I, I heard his disgust and anger. And when we were in the streets, he seemed happy that you were f- killing. And when the surge happened, he sounded scared. He sounded... Like he didn't know what was happening. And she looks at the shard in Marfin's hands. I don't hear him now. That's strange. Because I kind of thought that maybe the surge had something to do with him. But maybe it was actually something happening to him. Well, based on what you told me about what you were dealing with down there, it seems like there was a lot of powerful magic going on. Mm -hmm. And based on the fact that, and I was paying attention, several objects of high power were pulled inside and... You know, the shard itself reacted to such like that. It's possible that it just surged because there was so much, like... Yeah, like feedback, like atmospheric energy. Glitching. Glitching, indeed. And now that we're actually settling on it, the leader of the Omnimalum, this paragon that you spoke of... Freaky tentacle. Yes. Creature. She sounds like a beholder which is a type of aberration. Beholder? I barely know her. That I'm sure that one's never been told. I Very have good. to cope with comedy. Yes, I think we all do at this point. <laughs> a beholder has such a powerful effect on reality that it in and of itself can create that kind of atmospheric magic, that kind of disturbance in the area. I've heard rumors that they can essentially create items from nowhere they can beef patties right the beef patties and the trinkets you found they can their their presence can cause strange environmental conditions like say the slime you found on the wall slime slime indeed and i believe that the feeling that you had that they were watching you while you were down there might be an effect as well a sort of paranoia that is infectious and i think that the shard reacted to all of that. I think being in the presence of that and then the use of that powerful teleportation magic from Moss means that it was bound. It got too juiced up. It got too juiced up. You just juiced it and... Maybe I juiced Limburger right out. You know, I, that's wishful, wish, wishful thinking for sure. And perhaps... Perhaps you're right. Perhaps he is in essence gone. Lost to this wild shard within it. But... It's hard to say. I trust you with it, but I think that we need to learn more about it before you leave the city. Okay. And I think that... I think that there is perhaps a way to do that. I'm interested. After I sleep. Right. Definitely. You guys, even though I've healed you up a little bit, you guys, I'll be honest, look absolutely I'm so terrible. pale. I'm like a seafoam green. Do you want any food or anything? Do you like anything, anything but a beef patty? Yeah, definitely not a beef patty. Um what do you what's what are your favorite meals? 
Barley's dumplings, but I'll wait to eat those. I think I would just eat a salad now. Wow. Things must be low for you. All right. Um, he snaps and goes, Chevy! And uh, Blue Quickling <laughs> zips in um, and has a wonderfully, like, a chopped salad. Like, it's it's so many different ingredients. It looks No salad hearty. for NP. NP would like mac and cheese. NP would like a filet mignon and a lobster dinner and a, and a brownie sundae and, and a glass of red wine. <laughs> NP Whatever looks, you yeah. want, MP. <laughs> Are these food items? Or like chicken nuggets? I don't know any of the chicken nuggets I kind of get. You were the chicken tenders that you said you were. Let's get some chicken, chicken tenders. tenders. Yeah. I want to know what those are. Ketchup. Uh, <laughs> um, and Cheffy <laughs> nods and zips away and in moments zips back with a platter of mac and cheese, chicken <laughs> in various sizes and frying methods. Um, Don't go too fast, but you're going to want to try at least a bite of everything here. She nods, just her eyes wa- almost as wide as when she saw the crowd. <laughs> um, and Cheffy begins to like put out a few like plates and kind of plate things up and you watch as NP like curiously like picks up a nugget and tosses it in her mouth and then is like mmm and like <laughs> face into it and immediately starts gobbling again that was not what Zola was saying but I, I think that if we tried to stop you it might be dangerous for our she hands she deserves this yeah it, listen if she gets sick she's here she's in a safe place to you do can it. magic it away I can definitely magic it away I, I mean sorry about your office by the way just smashed <sighs> so many it's things it's truly okay honestly this is just one of many appearances of it and I can I'll make do once you guys either go and take a rest or Whenever you leave. Um, But back to this whole scenario, back to the dreams, back to Mistra. When you talk about a temple, you said it was frozen in time. And when you cast, when you were first there, you used your sword to do a similar thing you just tried to do on me. You cast Dispel Magic. Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about time. And it sounds like because you disrupted the temporal flow there, that's why the statue vanished mm-hmm. because you dispelled whatever magical effect was in place keeping it in a sort of stasis mm-hmm. um, now the, the weather is going all crazy I think that it's hard you know it's possible that the temple that you were in was kind of enclosed in a bubble of this sort of magic right. and then as going out from it you know it slowly weakens almost like an atmosphere it's, right. it doesn't just have a barrier but it slowly but surely kind of fades away okay and that's a little science fact about the atmosphere. Um, and <laughs> you're like, what the fuck is he okay. talking um, And so it's possible that, I, like... Um, I almost died, so again, just keeping it simple. You're right. You know what? Okay. Remember how there were a bunch of crazy effects in the Underdark? There was, like, an aberrant right. energy. and So the weather is the effect of the temporal stasis. Yes, I think that whatever... The power of the magic there is probably disrupting the nature around, around it. it. Yes. Okay. So... This this temple, this shard, and Mistra, it is information that has been lost for quite some time. I mean, certainly the shard, but definitely Mistra. I've sh- I've told you before that I've heard of her, but mm-hmm. in truth, it strangely feels a bit like when I look at this shard, as if you can't remember. I can't remember. Hmm. So. That's suspicious. There's only, as I said, there's only one way we can go about this, and it's finding said information. Mm -hmm. And if I'm correct, there may be a way to do so. 
who or what? Legend has it there is a library within the Erudite study. One that was utilized by the mages of Leoniel before they were wiped out during the Day of the Bloody Sun. Granted, I arrived here after that, so I've never seen it myself. Mm -hmm. And also, granted, it's very possible that the Imperial forces managed to find said library and take out whatever's in it, but as far as I know, there supposedly was a vault of knowledge, so to speak, that was hidden below, and it contained texts from right after the maldiction, perhaps even during or prior, and I've never been able to go because of the mass amount of warding that is around the Erudite study, and the yeah. fact that I'm in a bit of an agreement with the government not to go near the university at all. So I can't confirm that it exists, but I, I have a suspicion that the information you seek would be there. I would imagine it probably has everything from the Shard to Mistra to maybe even information about NP. Well, I do have a student ID. I will say my expulsion is potentially pending, given my... Current right. feud with the dean of the institution. However, I'm hoping to maybe take advantage of, uh, <clears throat> you know, having the ID card in some way. I was planning on just stealing a bunch of food from the calf, but <laughs> so maybe I can just sneak into the library. Yes, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that in terms of using your time and ability on that ID, the uh -huh. library would be better suited than stealing food, which you seem to have access to pretty regularly. Right. I, you know, <laughs> My priorities are a little messed up here. Again, I, you're very tired. I almost died. Yes, you're very, very tired. The food is hurt. helping a little bit. Okay, I'm glad. But um, definitely, I think that if you feel comfortable going back, and I think that it may be worth your time to go check out the Erudite study. Right. I'd, I'd, again, this is all hearsay. It's, it's stuff that I heard when I arrived here from just the local mages talking about things that they had heard but mm -hmm. never could find themselves and of course those mages prior to them are long gone so you can't really ask them but it may be worth your time to go and check it out interesting <sighs> what do you think i should do after that i can't stay here well that's the thing gorgonzola i, I have to ask what do you want oh this whole, everything you've described to me is stuff that has happened to you. And, you know, you've made choices along the way and you've done a pretty good job for a teen without any guidance except for some pirates and a troubling goblin friend. But you haven't really gotten an opportunity to talk about what you want. Oh. Well. I... It's funny you say that, because I, when I first left my farm, uh, well, I was going to go north, and then I met that goblin scram. Right, he convinced you that going to the capital go was... Go south, uh, right. right, yeah. So I kind of wound up here, but I guess all along I was going to try and find my mom? Hmm. I've only heard a little about your mother. 
in my time. You know, I'm the accurate research on orcs and orc culture is scarce in the Empire, as you imagine. They probably burned everything that made them look remotely kind. Human. Yes, yeah, yeah. Anything that could Anything that could relate to them, yes. A human in their eyes, or a person in their eyes. But, from what I've read, she was a powerful caster in her own right. And Fuck yeah. She did successfully get past the Ouroboros Mountains though God knows how she did the Dragon King keeps it pretty much on lock if I'm being honest it's, I myself haven't even been north of there um, but I think that it is a worthy journey for you to take and yeah. I would ask yourself along the way perhaps if you don't, ha you don't have to answer or know this now but along the way what you will do when you find her and what that would mean for you. Huh. Right. I know. It's, you know, I'll tell you this. When I was young, it really, I was just kind of going goalpost to goalpost, and it gets you by. It's really been day to day right. for the last. What feels like months, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I understand that it is natural to kind of go by those beats, but definitely consider what it would mean to you to find your mother and what you would like to do after that. Do you think that you want to, you know, stay with them? Do you think you try to bring them back south? Do you... Oh. Yeah, there's there's lots to think about. So, you know, take the time to consider what that means. If you're going to go north, I'm more than happy to get you to... I can get you to Balderheim. I have a little pop-up there if you'd like. I just You could do a little delivery for me. Oh. But aside from that, it'll be on you. And I would, I would recommend sorting out how you feel and what you would like from your life prior. Not everything. That's a big thing. But, you know, what, just uh, some ideas of what you, Gorgonzola, wants. For now. Right. I hope that that helps. Kinda. Yeah. Maybe. I guess I'm kind of like NP right now. I'm not really sure what to do. Both of you are brilliant. And he's like looking at NP, scarfing <laughs> down food. Brilliant, majestic um, beings. Um, you're always welcome to ask for my advice. I'm more than happy to be whatever sort of mentor I can be for you. Um, ultimately, it will be your choice, but it is okay that you don't know right now, so long as you know that the question is worth asking. Okay. This was a good talk. Right. He he looks at the shard one more time. And this... If you find out what it is... I'll please give you a ring. let me know. And give me an insight check. Two! Two. Ugh, so close to the 20. Just a very intense look on Marfin's face as he looks at you. Um, okay. He I will. He takes a sip of the uh, sherry that he was drinking um, and kind of pins it in space as you've seen him do before. Every once in a while, Zola, I swear I can hear the universe's clock ticking. And it drives me fucking crazy. That's a crazy thing to say. Well, at least I'm never late because of it. 
we need to start understanding the various strings here and we need to understand how they connect and, and what it all means. And I think that starting at the erudite study is a good place and then from there I can give you transport to wherever you need to go. Okay. And if you're welcome to, and same to you, NP, who she like looks up from like a handful of mac, just not even no silverware, just a handful of mac and cheese that just like smeared across her face. Both of you are welcome to stay here, um, if you have nowhere else to go. That is, um, and I'm sorry that this has fallen on to both of you. That's okay. I've met some pretty cool people. I'm glad. I'm talking about NP. She's pretty cool. <laughs> Looks over. <laughs> she's she <laughs> tears off the cork of uh, like a bottle of wine and like chews on it and then spits it out, not realizing it, like realizing it's not food, and then just starts chugging the bottle. Whoa, well, you know what? You've been through a lot. That's fine. I'll have to. We're gonna have to find some cures for poison and disease after this. All right. This was a lot. There's a lot to think about, and everything you've told me, I'm gonna try and do my own independent research of to you know, verify and bring more to light. But for now, I think that your best bet is to find this supposed vault of information. And mm -hmm. if you can, take everything and bring it back here. Will do. Excellent. All right. I got to get back to work. It's early morning and the charcuterie festival is in full swing right now. So I should go attend. It is? It is indeed. They are... Here in full, the vast majority of the ships arrived yesterday, and the streets of the Goldmine District are packed. Good to know. I have to go look for someone, too. NP, are you good to stay here for a little bit? <laughs> Finishes the bottle and tosses it across the room. Whoa! 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to get some leaves. water. <laughs> <laughs> um, you stand, rise, you take the shard back from Marfin, put mm -hmm. it in your pocket, and you head back out. You emerge to the packed front of house chamber of Marfin's magnificent magical menagerie with not only the people of the city, but the many folks from all over the Mar and Mara. Humans from the various farming regions, halflings from Meadowmead, dwarves sweating from the drastically different temperatures of the capital. <laughs> They're all gathered in this store, quick to purchase anything that can only be bought here in the best magic shop in the city. Quickling zip about helping customers as they navigate the many floors and many shelves, but you ignore them, moving down the main carpet, up the stairs, and out the front doors into the Bullion Bazaar. I am turning into Larry Dilbert. Roll a d20 for me. Okay. Two. Two. Again. You twist the ring of illusion, and your form flickers. And as it does, you turn not into Larry Dilbert, but into Tataria. As oh. the as it, the ring, for some reason, just responds differently, like, weirdly. That's weird. Maybe I didn't drink enough, and my fingers are kind of fat from the salt. So it's fitting weird. That must be it. Anyway... You walk out the door. You you look like a dwarf, though. Again, it, as we have described many times, you loom much higher than a dwarf. <laughs> um, and you walk out into the streets of the Goldmine District. 
Outside, you see the sky is overcast. It's not ideal for the festival, but honestly appropriate given the last 72 hours of your life. Somehow the entire bazaar, these many tents under that stone platform structure similar to the Arc de Triomphe, held up by large pillars, it is even more packed. There are literally, it looks like the streets have been completely closed down, and you're as standing as you enter out, it's like you walked into a crowded rock concert and you're trying to get to the front of the stage. Like, it's just a wall of people that you immediately have to start, like, kind of pushing through to navigate. Mm -hmm. There are tents from all over, and you see that many of them bear, like, sigils from various places. You know, you've got, like, the barley of Meadowmead. You see, like, some people, like, serving ale from there and products like kind of jewelry and stuff like that. Weaponry being sold from, like, some dwarven tents that bear the symbols of Balderheim. What are you looking for? I am pushing through people, uh, looking for the signature flag of Padawick going, Has anyone seen a cheese stand? Has anyone seen Farmer Gianni's cheese stand? Give me a perception check. Okay. Thirteen. Thirteen. You're looking around, you're, just, like, put, you're cramming through the crowd. Um, it's, again, because of your form, like... You're nudging people at the height of which your head would be, so people think that you're almost like headbutting your way through the crowd <laughs> a little bit. Um, and you like push through, you're like wandering around. You don't see any tents labeled with Paddlewick. And as you say that, a young man walks by. Oh, didn't you hear? The city of Paddlewick has been locked down. Apparently that Lord Craven Eaglebottom had a fucking meltdown, and he tried to rebel against the Empire. It's all in the paper, and he points over to a familiar-looking newsboy with a large stack of Golden Gazette newspapers. Oh, I did not hear. It's all in there in the paper if you want to check it out. It's pretty wild stuff. Yeah. What an idiot trying to rebel against our glorious Emperor. For sure. Alright, you're giving me a weird vibe, and I I, I gotta go. Enjoy the festival. <laughs> Your accent changed. <laughs> Walks away from you. <laughs> um, I absolutely throw five copper at Billy's head. And oh, <laughs> why? Snatch. <laughs> you grab Here a yeah. paper and rip it open to take a look. You find a number of articles in here that are of interest to you. The first is about, of course, the announcement, the Auric Army. Uh, it looks like it was a huge success, um, and uh, the people are overjoyed to see a, yeah, a new force emerging that is not only going to ensure victory, but is going to do so sparing the lives of their children. They're, you know, the men, women, and otherwise who have entered into the army and have been essentially been throwing their bodies at the problems that the Empire has created. Mm -hmm. They are relieved to hear that there is an unstoppable force that will be able to just finish the job for mm -hmm. them. How convenient. How convenient. <laughs> Definitely no other lives are being affected <laughs> by it. Um, you learn a little bit more about this parade of prosperity, it's called. It's going to be exiting from the northern gates, which are kind of a little bit west of where that exit to the Aurelian Necropolis was. Um, and it looks like they've got, they like show a little map of the route. It's going to go straight north, like following the coast, hitting a bunch of like local cities, and then it will pass through the wine hills of Tamamello, and then it will go straight up through the Wildewarm Wood to Balderheim, where from there it will destroy, supposedly, the Dragon King's hordes and forces. Mm -hmm. From there you keep skimming... Um, 
there are some new casting laws. Uh, it looks like anyone who is able to cast is being told to seek out authorities to loan their abilities to the war efforts. There is no longer any banning on unauthorized casting. Uh, instead, they are trying to just like bring it under control and therefore are like offering rewards and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're essentially like, if you have any magical Incentivizing knowledge... Incentivizing casting. Yes, and so they're trying to like bring people in to... If anyone has any abilities, they want to use them for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, you learn that there is going to be a new academy announced within the university, which you already knew about. It looks like word has gone out about the Aurelian Artificers Academy. Um, it's going to be committed to creating brilliant engineers and mages dedicated to understanding machinery and therefore able to help maneuver the vast armies that they have been creating. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there is this large section on the charcuterie festival um the festival has begun folks from all over the empire have brought their harvest to share and sell traditional recipes from all over the empire as well as cheeses and meats from the north breads beers pastries and the like from meadowmead and wines from the wet five of tamamella unfortunately the legendary meats and cheeses of paddlewick are not going to appear this year Lord Craver and Eaglebottom attempted to revolt against the Empire, hoarding funds he had stolen from his citizens, resisting inquiry from the government's agents, which you assume are the Omni Malum, mm -hmm. and actively seeking to harm Imperial forces, which you imagine is their way of putting about, like, Munu stealing the crown from right. the Omni Malum. The entire region east of Gigglevale and west of essentially, like northwest of Tamamello, right. has been completely locked down and will be until a new leader has been installed in his place. The paper reassures readers that though their contributions will be missed, there is plenty of other things being offered by the many other provinces of the empire. Um, and a new leader will likely be announced by the end of the festival. You already know who that leader is. Quince's dad. <laughs> Just an overlook of the festival before mm -hmm. I, I let you go, whatever you want to do. Friday was the announcement, which you knew. The Auric Army, as well as the main Glory Pits events occurred, though there are still fights going on if you wanted to enter or whatever. Um, there also, today, is the Feast of San Aurelius. It has been redeemed in honor of the Emperor. Delicious. <laughs> um, it is a day when, uh, as you can already see, the tents are up in the Goldmine mm -hmm. District. All streets are shut down, and hundreds of thousands of people have gathered to feast on whatever the, the Empire has to offer. And mm -hmm. supposedly, the Emperor will be... Um, having a feast with other nobles and mm -hmm. from all over the region in his palace, the Gilded Citadel, which sits beyond, like, beyond the tall cloud carvers of the city. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, the Sunday will be essentially the final day prior to the parade, which capstones it on, set on Monday morning. Um, and it will just be another day of festivities, um, basically work is like being suspended from like the factories that are in the sprawl and the populace is being encouraged to like go out and enjoy themselves and take advantage of the new age of prosperity that is beginning and then a little article almost like tucked away in the back of it you see that there are some new sanctions on the temple of the wild hmm. due to their inability to pay taxes they are already sending in guards to kind of monitor the area they're like essentially increasing the police presence there to make sure that nothing goes wrong because they suspect that the 
various folk who practice there will not take kindly to the emperor's sanctions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's what you gather from this <laughs> this newspaper. And I think, I mean, tell what do you feel like Zola is feeling after getting all of this info? Gorgonzola, after having this whole conversation with Marfin, thinking about like the higher plane of being the like moving political forces in all of Aurelia is just like really extremely shocked that she is not going to get to see her dad right now. Like it was just a little thing that she was clinging to. And now that she isn't seeing her dad, she's like, well, fuck this city. I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. You fold the newspaper shut. Um, do you keep it, or are you... Yeah, I keep it. I want to start walking towards um, the drunken Drake, kind of meandering my way there. And while I am walking, I would like to flip to the back and look at the obits and see, and also the crime section, and see if, again, I see anything about um, the person that I killed in the alley that day. Okay. Um, you begin to, like, skim to the back. Um, that death occurred six or so days ago, um, because it happened at the beginning of your time in Aurelia. Yeah, I want to see if there's any, like, if they've made any headway on the investigation, or if they have announced, like, who this person was, or put in, like, notice about their death. You look through, and although you don't see anything in the obits, which makes sense, again, it's been a few days, like, people have passed since then, and they Mm -hmm. pretty much, they don't reprint, um, Mm -hmm. but you do find that in the kind of the wanted section, so to speak, where you have seen bounties being placed on various criminals, you see that there is a listing for information regarding an older woman kind of potentially with like magical abilities wielding a massive sword um who was wanted for killing someone in broad daylight um in the sprawl Uh, it looks like the individual who was killed uh happened to work for a noble who resides in one of the cloud carvers It, it looks like he was like the personal assistant of someone there doesn't mention any sort of family or anything um you see his name is Abel Turnpoint. Um, and it looks like he was himself a like resident of the city, probably moved there, um, and has been working for like this wealthy noble who lives in a cloud carver. Basically, it doesn't look like a lot of focus is being drawn to it. As like terrible as a crime as it was, it seems like it was a in a the eyes of the, the emperor. City. Exactly. A death in the city and someone who the government considers insignificant enough that they're like I mean, it's bad and the police are on it, but in terms of, like, things we need the populace to know, mm-hmm. we don't have a reason to suspect there's someone we could pin it on. Yeah. Um, so until we get info about who did it, for now it's just, like, a wanted, if you see this kind of woman. And they give a vague description. It does kind of seem like they, they're, like, has animalistic features or something like that, <laughs> but um, they didn't get a good enough read on the individual before it all went down. Okay. You do know that you can essentially inquire more about these kind of things by going to, like, a guard tower. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the people actually heading to, essentially, a precinct, so to speak, to kind mm-hmm. of speak with people who might be investigating the case. Right. Uh, okay. And you said you wanted to go to the Drunken Drake. Are you walking yeah. there, or are you going to take the train? Yeah, I'm walking. I'm meandering back. Okay. 
it takes you some time and, and it's overcast but you do feel the the light shift from morning to midday to eventually kind of afternoon ish um, as you slowly but surely walk th- out of the gold mine past the various other districts into the sprawl people are despite the weather are living it up it looks like the city is in full celebration mode Um, nothing's like locked down or anything nothing seems locked down there are lots of guards there's like a Mm -hmm. heavy presence of the um the golden fist but it looks like no more than you would expect for like the kind of situation it is Mm -hmm. occasionally as you walk you hear people excitedly talking about like the orc army and Mm -hmm. you know the kind of exciting things that the emperor is getting up to it seems like the world continues to move on mm-hmm. as you continue your journey. Um, and eventually you do find your way to the Drunken Drake. You find yourself walking the worn streets of the sprawl, the familiar smell of delicious street food with the occasional whiff of trash from the lack of government services to pick it up. Um, there are lots of working class folk walking, you know, probably home from work, though you imagine maybe some are starting late shifts. And though you didn't spend a lot of time here, there's a bit of relief as you begin to turn the corner and recognize the area you're in. It is almost like home in a way. You see that the hole in the wall restaurant that is the Drunken Drake is still closed. Mm -hmm. There looks to be some sort of beige white bed sheet over the inside of the windows. The lights are off. The sign is still up. You know, the Mm -hmm. golden, like the... The, the, the golden little dragon on the little symbol that says um, the drunken drake. Uh, but it doesn't look like, you know, anything's going on there. and Which yeah. is obviously, for Barley, not great, given yeah. the charcuterie festival around it. Yeah, I, I try and slip in the front door if it's open. Okay, you, um like, try the door, and it do, it is locked. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, as it kind of, as you, like, struggle with it a little bit, you, like, hear some footsteps come up. Who's there? It's Sola. Um, peeking out from behind the bedsheet, you see a familiar face, though not who you were expecting. You see a half-orc man, the one who attempted to mug you on the subway, who you said he could find help at the Drunken Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks at you, and he, like, immediately, like, shocked to see you, and he struggles and unlocks the door really quickly and opens it. Hi, uh, hi, uh, hi, uh... Hi, is Barley here? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, c- come on in. I'm okay. sorry, I... I I didn't get to in- introduce myself last hey, time we met. I'm Gorgonzola. I'm, I live here. I'm Manchengo. I grew up here. Cool. Um, and he leads you inside and you walk into the familiar drunken drake. And it looks like for the most part, it's pretty repaired. There's like mm-hmm. some new boards kind of put in where the old ones were smashed. There's definitely a few like seams on various pieces of furniture and stuff where the mending cantrip has been used to kind of seal things together once again. But it looks like the bar is almost up and ready to be reopened. Mm-hmm. The Barley definitely is keeping it closed for the time being just to be safe. Um, it is completely empty. You don't see Barley yet. Um, you see in the back booth, you know, where that one time Kittle and uh, Crystal were hanging out, mm-hmm. uh, and Jerry, of course, um, <laughs> you see that there is um, a small half-orc girl who looks a lot like Menchango. must be his daughter of sorts. Um, she's, like, scarfing down a, a few little dumplings, and you see Al sitting there with her with a big beer kind of him, himself wrapped around it well 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 look who it is i turn into not tataria anymore 
as you enter. Um, no, it's someone different now. <laughs> oh, wait, that's weird. Um, as you enter, you transform. And as you kind of look around, you hear, Welcome back, kid. And you look and you see popping up from behind the bar, Barley. Brown skin and thick curly black hair, her bright eyes glittering behind round spectacles. She looks like she's been working pretty hard. She's definitely got like bandages on her hands and she has like a hammer and nail still in her hand. Um, and there are a few scratches, but overall she just looks happy to see you. Hey, Barley. Place uh, looks great. Thank you. I, you know, I had a little time just to fix things up while you were gone. Uh, where's, uh, where's Smite? Where's your, where's your elf friend? Smite may be a bit delayed. Interesting way of putting it. <laughs> he told me to tell you to not worry and that he'll be back soon. Um, and I think he might have a girlfriend. <laughs> Smite. Yeah, I think he's meeting the parents right now. Oh my god. I know, he had clean fingernails and everything. Are you sure this was Smite? Were there any Doritos on him? The the um the essence of Doritos certainly lingers, but um no, I'll I'll clean. Wow, he's off the Doritos. Amazing. <laughs> Got it into canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he'll be home soon. But it it might take a couple days. Okay. Well, uh, why don't you sit down and tell us about it? I'll, I'll get you a drink and some maybe some dumplings. Sure, I would love that. You met my friend Manchego. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he came by. He he came rapping on my door and he said that you had ran into him and if he needed a place, he could come here. And she like looks at you with these like big eyes that are like, "Did you tell this man this?" I did tell this man this. Okay. Um, and of course, I would cover his room. Of course. Um, well, he's been a he's been a wonderful <laughs> guest. I slowly hand over <laughs> so seven <kind>. more. <laughs> uh, uh, she takes it, uh, <laughs> slides into her pocket. Um, um, yeah, he he came by. He helped me out a little bit a with Saint these repairs. <laughs> always uh, thinking about others. I'm always here for the the betterment of others. <laughs> um, yeah, he he came by. He's he's helped out a little bit with some repairs and. You know, he just needed a place to stay for him and his daughter for the time being. Looks like uh, he may have gotten into some trouble out there. Um, it's easy to get into trouble out there. They certainly make it that way. <sighs> well, gonna keep this place shut down for a little bit while, you know, I finish warding everything. And Yeah. Uh, Sorry about uh, missing out on the profits from the Tricuterie Festival, by the way. I know that that is probably... Uh, not great for your business. Yeah, it's a hit to overhead, but the but the reality is is that I'll be okay. This neighborhood looks out for each other, you know. Uh, everyone's been checking in, and there's no way they'll be able to keep me closed. Nona Bettina herself said she'll curse anyone who makes me shut my doors for more than a weekend. So, I imagine by Monday we'll be serving patrons no problem. I imagine so, and I think that anything that would cause you to be closed will probably be gone by the weekend. I like the way you're talking about it. So, <laughs> what's next? Um, she begins to pour you some beer and get you some dumplings. Uh, well, I was thinking about maybe, you know, traveling north. Never seen the mountains before. 
I've heard they're beautiful. Never been myself, though. As you know, I spend every waking moment in this store. But, of course. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard it's, been, it's pretty interesting. You know, sometimes people from there come down here to... In fact, I've seen a few come and knock out my, the glass windows outside trying to find me, but I had to send the dwarfs away because, you know, i got to keep it closed. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's, apparently it's a very interesting place up there. Great food, great food, great beer, uh, really dangerous, and supposedly the front, the last front of the Empire's <laughs> um, war. Great food, great beer, really dangerous. Yeah. I'm writing that down, Barley. Uh, there's uh, just, there's seven families there. There's seven dwarven families. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll I'll make you a little pamphlet. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll see what I can find. Or yeah, something. sure. Give yeah. me a little brochure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, um, well, just one last question. I'm actually, I'm so fucking tired. I have to go oh. upstairs, but I have one last question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, do you know uh, about the? There's a family in the city uh, called the Turpoints. Do you have you heard of them? Uh, not except for something in the paper the other day. Somebody was killed in the streets right right i heard about that okay no worries okay uh well yeah yeah, once you finish you're welcome i mean if you want you can take this to your room to go if you want yeah i think i'll probably do that okay we can talk more tomorrow morning just you know would love to hear about what happened seems like it's been a crazy three days anyway good night barley (laughs) wow ominous and uh strange to say good night (laughs) (laughs) um you pass by um you walk by the little girl who like looks up with all the dumplings in her mouth and goes i'm Stella. nice to meet you hi i'm 18 nice to meet you shakes your hand and goes want to see how many dumplings i can fit and starts shoving as many dumplings in her mouth impressive careful with those (laughs) they hit your stomach like a grease bomb (laughs) Um, you continue on, you pass, you head upstairs to the same room that you had and you find it as it was empty. It looks like, I mean, you left in a hurry, so there's some things Mm -hmm. disheveled, but it looks like Barley hasn't come in here since she left it just in case you came back. As I'm walking up the staircase, I'm already pulling components out of my bag and you know, holding like sage leaves in my (laughs) teeth and incense uh, gathered in my arms. And I, uh, slump against the door and uh, plop it all out on the floor and with the last of my energy ritual uh, cast fine familiar to bring Stilton back to me. Yeah. As night begins to come, finally the spell (laughs) flashes and what form is Stilton going to be in this time? A little cat. (laughs) (laughs) Missed ya. Sorry I let you die again. And kind of like gestures, looks at like, not uh, the door's closed, but looks mm-hmm. towards where he knows Smite's room is. Uh, he'll be back soon, but he's okay. And Brigitte too. Starts purring and kind of crawls up on your lap and snuggles in there. Thought you were going to get to meet my dad. He never let me have a pet. I mean, because we had livestock. Oh. We had barn cats, I guess. Friends for me? You're too spoiled to hang out with barm cats. They would think that you were embarrassing. <laughs> you, you sleep in a bed, and it costs a copper a night. Begins to purr even louder and curls <laughs> up in your lap. Um, and you take some time with Stilton, just kind of relaxing until finally sleep takes you. And that is where we're going to end the episode today. Ooh.
Oh boy, this is you gotta have an episode where you sort everything. You the gotta fuck sort it out. the fuck out. You know, at least you got some. You got a lead. You got a place you can kind of search out. Um, mm-hmm. Looks like you do have to go back to the university after all. Of course. Naturally, it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a story if I didn't throw you back <laughs> in the fire. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. Uh, if you would like to be, oh, actually, uh, special thanks to our Eldritch patrons, and if you would like to become one of them, you should go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash try not to die pod. Do it. Um, any other plugs, Lisa? I'm plugging the page. I'm trying to get to the musical episode, y'all. Mm, we are close, gang. We, we are, are real close. We are ready. We're so- we know and I have never been more prepared. <laughs> the Evan Hansen movie came out, and I thought I, whatever I do, will be better than this. Yeah, 100% the critics raked that movie across the coals, and in all the bylines said, at least there's still something to look forward to if the, Try Not to try Die not can to make die musical, their goal. Yeah, make their stretch Patreon goal. Yeah, so wordy bylines. <laughs> wordy bylines for sure. But hey, you got to listen to them. So check out our Patreon. We got a lot of amazing content up there. Um, some really cool stuff coming out pretty soon. And of course, the musical episode on the horizon. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. And until next time, Try Not to Die. All hail our eldritch patrons! Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Eclair, Alana, Emily, Jacob, James, Kate, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer Patty, Patrick Bronstetter, and producer Daddies, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Till next time, try not to die. Thank <laughs> you.